You're listening to Expat Property Story, a podcast in which I share my story to smooth the way for you to have your own Expat Property Story. Hello there, it's episode 28. Thank you for joining me in the penultimate pocket-sized daily episode on Expat Tax Matters in collaboration with Sean, the property tax accountant from the Caribbean. If you've stumbled across this episode by chance, you might want to go back and check out episode 23, which was an introduction to Sean, episode 24 on property ownership structures, 25 about group structures, 26 on capital gains tax, and episode 27 about compliance. Today we're talking about tax evasion, tax avoidance, and tax planning, which are, respectively, illegal, legal, and advisable. If in doubt, speak to your own tax, legal and accounting advisors before taking action. The terms tax evasion, tax avoidance and tax planning are regularly used. Everybody knows that tax evasion is bad, but many think that tax avoidance is perfectly legal. And that's especially the case because certain accountants and tax advisors actually encourage it, often for a hefty fee. It's important to note why all qualified accountants and tax advisors are bound by the law and the rules set by their institutional bodies and various regulations and guidelines that they need to apply by. Unfortunately, not all of them do. And so Really, the purpose of this episode is to help your listeners stay within the law themselves and and not be caught out by unscrupulous advisors. So let's just consider each of those three terms. So first off, tax planning. Tax planning involves using tax reliefs for the purpose for which they were intended. So this would be For example, if you're a UK resident, you'd be putting your savings in an ISA. If you had capital allowances on some form of capital investment, if you were saving for retirement uh, using a pension scheme. So these are all things that HMRC and the government are doing to encourage good behaviour, be that saving for the future or investing in businesses in, in capital. These are all good things to do. So we talked about the pros and cons and related tax efficiencies of buying properties through limited companies versus one's own name, using group structures and the like. Uh, These are all good tax planning steps. They're not done solely for tax. There's various different good commercial purposes for them as well, such as limited liability, for example. And so therefore, it does not cross the line into tax avoidance or evasion. So what's tax evasion? This is an illegal activity where registered individuals or businesses deliberately omit, conceal or misrepresent information in order to reduce their tax liabilities. Pretty obvious examples here, not reporting income or underreporting it, keeping such activities off the books, dealing in cash, not issuing receipts, overstating expenses or including personal expenses when calculating your tax It might be using a company property for personal use, for example, and we spoke about the ATD beforehand as as well. So again, there's the other extreme, tax evasion. But we have this grey area in between called tax avoidance. Aggressive tax avoidance, the penalties associated with this can be severe despite officially it being legal. And this is why it's a gray area. So aggressive tax avoidance that can actually result in big fines or even imprisonment. Tax avoidance involves bending the rules to try to gain a tax advantage that parliament never intended. It often involves contrived artificial transactions that serve little or no purpose 
other than to produce a tax advantage. It involves operating within the letter, but not the spirit of the law. An interesting one would be uh, changing a business structure with the sole intention of reducing tax. And it's really this last point that is just such a hot topic for property investors at the moment. Why? Well, because of Section 24. We've talked about this on a prior episode. So this is the limitation of the deductibility of mortgage interest relief for higher rate taxpayers. And so what that means now is that many property investors are now buying properties through limited companies and because the restrictions don't apply to the companies. And that, that's fine. But in some cases, investors are transferring their existing portfolios that they personally own into limited companies. That's perfectly legal to do. Nothing wrong with that. But it is likely that when doing so, that there's going to be stamp duty to pay on those transactions. It'll probably trigger capital gains tax. And of course, those amounts can be huge. So in determining whether it's sensible to move those properties into a limited company will really depend on those, let's call them transactional costs, the frictional costs versus any future savings on income tax, for example. Do you mean like stamp duty and capital gains Absolutely. tax? Absolutely. Okay. I'd really like to offer a health warning here. There's been a lot of publicity in, in the media, particularly web forums, that there are ways of transferring property into a company without having to pay stamp duty and capital gains tax using LLPs and things like that. In my view, and in some cases, so I emphasize those two aspects, my view in some cases, I think that these called them schemes, are straying into tax avoidance uh, territory. And that is despite marketing materials suggesting the opposite. I also feel that these schemes have not been fully tested in the courts. And I do feel also that HMRC may well issue a large number of tax investigations in the future. I'll give you an example, actually, one that recently came to me, whereby a property investor, they were a higher rate taxpayer, as expected, they were uh, being completely stung by Section 24. So they paid a particular firm a five-figure amount for fees to incorporate their very, very small portfolio. That particular investor were in somewhat of a difficult financial situation themselves. So they actually took on an expensive personal loan to pay for that five-figure fee. That investor was due to retire from their job in three months' time, meaning that they would no longer be a higher rate taxpayer. And therefore, Section 24 would no longer be an issue for them. So they've now gone into debt to embark on a transaction that they didn't need that now leaves them exposed to risk of, in my view, severe penalties in the future. So this investor, obviously, <laughs> they came to me and they said, well, it's, it, it's all okay because that firm has got all of this professional indemnity insurance. I would question that on, on a few points, having worked in professional indemnity insurance myself. Will that firm still be operating when they need to make a claim against it? Will there be sufficient insurance coverage, despite the millions, will there be sufficient insurance coverage, not just for your claim, but for the hundreds of other investors that they've provided advice to and implemented these structures? And even will that insurance company still be around in the future as well? We don't know. It really depends on 
the size of of um, the, the the fines and and what HMRC ultimately finds. So I can actually see, given the amounts involved in property, the way that house prices increase, I suspect that that insurance would be very quickly exhausted. So what's my tip here is that don't just speak to one advisor, particularly on these more complex transactions. Speak to multiple sources, and then ultimately draw your own conclusions regardless of how convincing these so-called experts might be. So basically avoid the tax avoidance schemes. Yes. And also in our expat mortgage episodes 15 and 16, our expat mortgage specialist broker Simon Allen told us that if you join one of these tax schemes, lenders don't like it and you're unlikely to get lending again. So best to avoid all round. Yes, I heard that episode and and I thought he made a wonderful point there. For my three points to highlight from today's episode, the first one is obvious. Don't get involved in tax evasion, such as not reporting income, storing wealth outside the country, or submitting false tax returns. You could very well wind up in jail. Tax planning, by contrast, is encouraged by the government. Sean advises to make use of tax relief such as ISAs, SIPs and SAS pensions, etc., or to consider setting up limited companies and group structures to use the system legally but to your advantage. And finally, Sean suggests obtaining multiple specialist opinions in relation to those tax schemes you may read about on the property forums as a way to get around Section 24. Not only may they well turn out to be illegal, but your lender may not like them either. Sean can be found at his website, propertytaxaccountant.uk or on Instagram at property underscore tax underscore accountant underscore UK. That's all for today's episode. Tomorrow's show is the last in this mini-series on tax and we'll be looking at risk management. And I've lined up the perfect guest for this topic because he was once a chief risk officer for an insurance company. Yes, it's Sean again. So join us tomorrow for this mini-season tax finale. You've been listening to Expat Property Story.